This is unprecedented. It's almost biblical. Tough times for BC residents in the interior as water levels continue to rise. I think we all need to be concerned about the loss of the, the growth of the cruise industry. Why the cruise ship industry is worried as a new season begins. It's uh, mind-boggling just to, to think uh, what's the truth. And the Quebec family hoping their missing son may still be alive. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us tonight. We start with the latest on the flooding situation in the B.C. interior. 60 properties in Summerland now under evacuation alert. The alert announced just two hours after a state of emergency was issued in this part of the South Okanagan. Global's Shelby Tom reports. Brad Bessler has lived in his family home most of his life. Now he's fighting to save it from floodwaters. This is unprecedented. It's almost biblical. 60 properties in Falder and Meadow Valley west of Summerland are under evacuation alert. Dark Creek has breached its banks, flooding roadways and driveways like this one. Water is pooling in otherwise idyllic pastures. Fields are inundated with water. Residents here are doing what they can to keep the torrent at bay. The last few days it's really been going up and everyone's been at the sandbag pile just getting the job done. The creek has breached Augur Crescent, leaving homes vulnerable. It was going under the road until Friday and through the culverts, and then it uh, started over the road on Friday, and we've been fighting it well. We've been fighting it for a week now. These residents are no stranger to extreme weather events. Last summer, they were also under alert due to the Peachland Summerland wildfire. It's a beautiful place to live, nice and quiet, and nobody bothers us. So, You don't mind these spring and summer emergencies? We'll take them straight. The flood emergency stretches across the region. More than 400 properties in the South Okanagan Similkameen are under evacuation alert. People living in 33 homes have already been forced to evacuate. Emergency officials say the unfolding calamity could get worse before it gets better as the spring heat wave accelerates the snow melts. What we're hearing from the experts is that we, we should expect higher volumes of water. Um, to what degree, we're not sure. Meanwhile, the unfortunate situation is showing the strength of community spirit. Falder, great group of people out here. Shelby Tom, Global News, Falder. And the district of Peachland has also declared a local state of emergency. They're dealing with a landslide. As a result, the district will be able to get in and protect private property. In West Kelowna, an evacuation order placed on one home. That is because of rising water levels in McDougal Creek, a home on Westside Road, also under evacuation alert. Residents from several dozen properties west of Merritt also had to evacuate because of water levels in Gishon Creek rising quickly. Part of the Lower Nicola Mobile Home Park near Highway 8 was flooded. These pictures sent to us by Julie Van Cole, taken right before she left her property. She's estimating 50 homes in the park are affected. The Thompson Nicola Regional District issuing the order telling people to shut off gas and electrical appliances other than their fridges and freezers and then just to get out. 
The 2018 cruise ship season is now well underway, where three vessels brought more than 10,000 visitors to Vancouver today. But as Paul Johnson reports, the industry is claiming Vancouver is poised to lose out on major revenue if it doesn't improve its capacity to handle modern vessels. They're back. Sunday is the official opening of the Alaska cruise season in Vancouver. And if you were anywhere near Canada Place, you couldn't miss the three magnificent ships tied up there. 2018 is expected to be another great year for this thriving business that's used Vancouver as a turnaround port for a long time. But are some clouds about to darken these bright seas? Vancouver's certainly very challenged to, uh, to keep its place in the Alaska cruise business. Greg Wirtz is with the Cruise Lines International Association and says if Vancouver wants to keep up, it'll need to invest in its facilities, starting with an update of Canada Place. It was built in 1986 and uh, for a different class of ships than we see uh, operating in the world today. Beyond that, he says, there's the problem of capacity. Vancouver used to have a second spot at the old Ballantine Pier, but that was closed in 2014. The other issue is the Lionsgate Bridge, apparently too low for the new class of super ships to fit under. Ignore these things, he says, and run the risk of losing ground to the upstarts in Seattle. Seattle has overtaken Vancouver in recent years uh, because they've been very focused on, on growing the business. Word says government needs to start planning now if Vancouver is going to keep its place in the business. But talking to cruisers today, there was little sense of dissatisfaction. So what do you think about the facilities here for handling everybody? I think it's pretty nice. No complaints yet about how they handle things in Vancouver? No. No. Time to tell us. No. 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 Nope. But I tell you, if it were else, <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's perfect the way it is. These right. people, and they run it well, so that's all that matters. We reached out to the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority about the industry's concerns and didn't hear back. As for passengers transiting Vancouver, if there's bad weather on the horizon, at this point, you can't see it from the Lido deck. Canada is awesome. Paul Johnson, Global News. A 30-year-old Vancouver man is seriously hurt after violence in the downtown core last night. Police were still on scene outside the Carlisle condos on Alberni Street near Thurlow this morning. Last night, a 30-year-old man was sent to hospital with serious injuries after an assault in a building nearby. Witnesses saying the victim may have been stabbed. A black Rolls-Royce caught in the middle of the crime scene as investigators stayed there last night gathering evidence. Police believe this was a targeted attack and the public is not at risk. So far, no arrests have been made. And a 56-year-old man has been arrested for mischief after an incident at a West End department building yesterday. Police were called to a high-rise in the 1600 block of Harrow Street after 911 calls about a man throwing furniture from a 19th floor balcony. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but some of the items did hit a parked car. The suspect, who, believe, uh, who police believe was on drugs, was checked out in hospital before being released. In Kamloops, RCMP are on the hunt for a suspect with an Alberta connection. This is after a young man was stabbed during a night out with friends. As Kristen Robinson reports, the victim says the violence all started after he and his friends attempted to grab a safe ride home. 
but I just don't want it to happen to anybody else. 24-year-old Travis Gagnon still wearing the scars from a night out that took a dangerous turn. I didn't feel it at all. Just after midnight on April 28th, Gagnon, his brother, and a couple of friends left the Shark Club in downtown Kamloops and walked up the street to hail a cab. I feel just wrong place, wrong time. When their taxi arrived, another man tried to get in. An argument ensued and things got physical. We came together and then we split apart and then I realized that he had a weapon in his hand. A knife. Gagnon didn't even know he'd been stabbed under his left shoulder blade until his friends noticed blood on his shirt. Five minutes later, he almost collapsed on the street. It was extremely frightening. I definitely thought I was going to just drop right there. Fortunately, he says police came by and drove him to hospital. The suspect, a Caucasian man in his 20s, six feet tall with a slim build, short hair and a ball cap, jumped into a black BMW X5 with Alberta plates and took off. I just ho- I hope they're held accountable for what they've done. As he recovers... Gagnon sticking to wrestling with his best friend, realizing he escaped this fight with his life. Definitely enjoy life, because you don't know how fast it's going to be taken away from you. Kristen Robinson, Global News. India could be seeking to extradite a Surrey man accused of plotting a major terrorist attack in the Punjab state. India's counter-terrorism law enforcement agency has registered a first information report against Hardeep Singh Nijjar. The alleged Sikh militant is accused of conspiring to carry out a terror plot, a key step towards pursuing extradition per India's treaty with Canada. Nijjar has previously denied claims by Indian media that he was running a terrorist camp in mission. His lawyer says he will fight any attempt to surrender his client to India. The B.C. Supreme Court has found a suspected fake plastic surgeon guilty of continuing to perform procedures. In 2016, the B.C. College of Physicians and Surgeons raided a Delta home where they claim zoo Sabrina Lee was doing cosmetic surgery without a license. It later warned her alleged patients to get tested for hepatitis and HIV. Now, Lee has now been found guilty of contempt after the college claims she moved to Surrey and started offering procedures again, that is despite a court order banning her from doing so. A family from Quebec is back in our province this week, six months after their son disappeared on a hike. As Tanya Beja reports, Carl Couture's parents are still holding on to hope that he could still be alive. Giselaine Couture and Suzanne Charret are retracing their son's last known steps, posting photos in the hopes someone has seen Carl Couture. Our hope is uh, to get answers to, uh, to this and uh, figure out uh, exactly where he is. Uh, if he's in the mountain, we'll like to find him you know, as soon as possible. The 24-year-old disappeared last October during a hike on Grouse Mountain. His parents left their home in Quebec to find Couture after several clairvoyants or mediums told the couple he may be disoriented but alive. We met at least five that, that told us that he was still alive. Uh, not uh, knowing who he was and, uh, you know, confused, but probably with somebody else. Volunteers with North Shore Rescue scoured the area around Haynes Valley in the fall, but Couture went missing just as the weather took a turn for the worse. Unfortunately, it took three days for him to be reported missing, which is a huge time delay. And in that three days, we had a, a... massive weather basically storm come in that blanketed the area with snow 
Crews have returned to the area with a search dog. They also gave Couture's parents an aerial tour of the terrain. This is uh, incredibly tough for them. And I think this should be a reminder to everyone. You know, there's certain things that you absolutely need to do. You need to let someone know where you're going, what time you're expected back, and when they should call for help. And then to also be prepared for the conditions. It's serious country back there, and uh, preparation is key. The couple say they will continue searching parks and shelters for any sign of their son. Tanya Beja, Global News. Now, with the May long weekend fast approaching, provincial campsites could get very busy. The BC Parks Discover Camping Reservation Service proving popular once again. Now, from January until the end of April, nearly 100,000 reservations were booked. That's a 13% spike over the same time last year. Those bookings including the Victoria Day long weekend, which is often seen as the unofficial start to camping season. Welcome back. Well, the flooding in New Brunswick is getting worse. Environment Canada issuing a special weather statement warning even more rain is expected tonight. Ross Lord has the latest. You know what's bad when these people are the lucky ones, preparing to boat across their swamp street to check on their flooded property. We built our house since 2008. We tore down the old one and went three feet higher. So we're fortunate. Others wish they could say the same. There are homes being surrounded and overwhelmed. And then there are some like Todd Huntley's that are being flooded by water that seeps up from the ground, laying waste to baseboards and gyprock. It's monumental. I mean, it's way bigger than anything we ever expected to happen. Volunteer sandbagging efforts continue, and a growing number of boats and aircraft are keeping an eye out for anyone in danger. There haven't been a whole lot of uh, rescues uh, to date. We've done some transport. We, and actually, as a matter of fact, it's getting busier with transport here that just today. In this community, just west of St. John, work to raise a busy roadway is preventing hundreds of residents from being stranded by floodwaters. If we didn't do this work, but sometime today, residents in this area would have lost access, um, which would have cut off about 600 homes, more or less. A little victory for local residents who've entered their second week of a crisis that leaves them feeling powerless. 30 inches? 30 inches. Ross Lohr, Global News, Grand Bay Westfield, New Brunswick. A cruise turning into a nightmare for passengers on board a carnival ship today. Around 50 rooms were flooded, crew members having to use buckets to clean up. The carnival cruise ship Dream returning to New Orleans today after a watery nightmare for some passengers. I was going to go get my life jacket. Hundreds of gallons of water spewing out of a broken pipe into a hallway leading to staterooms. Passengers using their cell phones to capture the unfolding mess. We were just walking up down the hall to go to dinner and all of a sudden we heard this pop and all this water started draining through the ceiling. The waterline break happening on Thursday, coming from the ship's fire suppression system. <laughs> Crew members forming an assembly line to clean up. Carnival says the flooding impacted about 50 staterooms and that the company offered those passengers a full refund and a discount on a future cruise. In a statement to NBC News, Carnival added, quote, We appreciate our guests' understanding and sincerely apologize. We also thank our crew members for their quick action and hard work. This isn't the only incident Carnival has had to navigate recently, including one in February, when a massive brawl broke out among 23 members of a family on one of Carnival's Australian cruises. 
Meanwhile, back at the Carnival Dream, some passengers say it's a trip they won't forget. It was a bumpy ride, but it was a great experience. Carnival said the water damage was repaired, with the ship heading back out to sea today in search of smoother waters. Maya Rodriguez, NBC News. Mount Kilauea is still posing a threat to communities on Hawaii's big island. Scientists now saying the release of more lava is likely. Eruptions from Mount Kilauea continued overnight. A tenth fissure opened, sending lava more than 200 feet into the sky. And a 3.4 magnitude earthquake rattled the big island. The prognosis is for this to continue. We see no slowdown in activity. Our seismic and geodetic data coming from the region still indicate magma accumulating. More than 20 homes have been destroyed since the eruption started last week. Some 1,700 residents are under a mandatory evacuation order. Many of them feel helpless. My neighbor Larry, his, his house is burning down, so it's, it's real. It's hitting, but yeah. it's okay. Volcanoes National Park, usually a safe place to view volcanic activity, has shut down. The concern is about intense enough ground shaking that that could be a safety hazard for people. And then additional rock falls. Kilauea is one of the world's most active volcanoes. It has been erupting continuously since 1983. But the volcano's latest round of eruptions has created trouble in paradise. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. Now, it's been exactly one month since the deadly bus crash devastated the Humboldt Broncos junior hockey team. More than half of the people on board the team bus died when it collided with a semi-truck in a rural Saskatchewan highway. The tragedy sparking calls for renewed safety on coach buses. And as Ryan Kessler now reports, the enormity of that loss is still very much sinking in. The horrific collision claimed the lives of 16 people, 13 others on the bus survived, and countless lives are forever changed. At last word, four Broncos remain in hospital, none of them in critical condition. Among the team survivors, their bond is stronger than ever. Every day we're texting them there, and if somebody needs someone to talk to, we'll contact them, we'll talk to them. But I think after all this, we've, we've gotten really closer. Forward Caleb Dahlgren wears his mindset on his favorite shirt, telling his Twitter followers he's focusing on the positives and staying strong, saying that's what my brothers who are looking down on me would want. As players recover, a tribute concert raised nearly half a million dollars to support the 29 families devastated by the crash. This week, it was announced each of them will get a check for nearly $15,000. As a parent, it, it humbles you. It, it makes you feel uh, as a part of a, a bigger community. They are also receiving the proceeds from T-shirts, hats, even a 12-year-old's birthday party. We thought we would uh, help out the Broncos and put in some uh, money to help them out. Then there is the second largest GoFundMe campaign ever, requiring an advisory committee to divide the funds. But concerns have surfaced about fake Facebook accounts and false fundraisers. Someone set up a Twitter handle and GoFundMe page in Ryan Strzeznitsky's name, but friends and family were able to get it shut down. Meanwhile, there are calls for improved semi-driver education, with Saskatchewan considering mandatory training. Currently, all provinces require commercial drivers to pass written, medical and road tests. Training is encouraged, but not required, except in Ontario.
Police continue to conduct interviews and analyze data as part of the ongoing investigation. RCMP say the work could take weeks or even months, but members are vowing to release the findings once the probe is complete. Ryan Kessler, Global News. Iran's president is warning that pulling out of the nuclear deal could mean historic regrets for the U.S. President Hassan Rouhani telling President Trump that abandoning the deal, which sees Iran decreasing its uranium stockpile in exchange for a lift in sanctions, would be a mistake. He also assured Iranians that no change will occur in our lives next week, regardless of Mr. Trump's decision. President Trump faces a self-imposed May 12th deadline over the 2015 nuclear deal which he has long criticised. In Pakistan, at least 23 people are dead from explosions in two separate mine disasters. 16 were killed after a methane gas explosion caused a roof to collapse. Later at a mine nearby, another seven miners killed. The region is rich in minerals, but there's poor enforcement of safety regulations. A mosque in Afghanistan, the target of terrorists, at least 17 people killed in the bombing. Many had got together for afternoon prayers there. All were registering to vote. There have been a number of attacks on voter registration centres ahead of October's parliamentary elections. The so-called Islamic State is believed to be responsible. President Trump's new lawyer is trying to defuse the revelations about hush money paid to a porn star. Last week, Rudy Giuliani told Fox News that Trump had personally repaid his former lawyer. Today, in an interview with ABC News, Giuliani says the $130,000 payment, which was paid just days before the start of the campaign, was not a campaign contribution and therefore not a crime. This was for another purpose, to protect him, to protect his family. That's not the crime. The crime is, was it a campaign contribution? Not a campaign contribution. There were times Giuliani seemed to con contradict himself, saying he's still learning the full details of who made the payment and why. Stormy, this is Michael Cohen. Are you alone? Yes. And what are you wearing? <laughs> And the saga involving Trump's former lawyer Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels acting as herself, a sketch on Saturday Night Live last night. As for the president, Donald Trump has publicly stated he had no idea about the payment to Daniels. All right, so still very much a storm with Stormy Daniels. It's still <laughs> ongoing. Um, right, we'll get to sport with Barry in a second. It was a beautiful day, so thank you. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll credit Mother Nature. Yeah, that. and you, you guys. You I think we kind of feel that. Yeah, yeah, you we'll guys kind of pull some strings. On the good days. Yes. Then kind of store this in the back of your mind <laughs> for when we do get those rainy days. Uh, all right, uh, temperatures are warming up once again today. It was beautiful. Many areas across the southern half of the province basking in some sunshine. Here's a look at the numbers and what we're seeing right now if you're by the water 18 degrees or high today was at 19 in inland sections stretching into the Fraser Valley with a few spots closer to 26 degrees so a warm one today a bit more cloud cover and a change on the way we've got one day with the return for some wet weather I'll show you when and your full five-day forecast coming up very shortly 
All right, in health news tonight, the BC government is providing $2.7 million to the Alzheimer's Society of BC. It's in order to support First Link, which is a support network for people living with the disease. The announcement coming ahead of the Investors Group Walk for Alzheimer's in Vancouver, hosted by our, our very own Mark Madriga. The family-friendly event raising money that allows the Alzheimer's Society to support the 70 thousand British Columbians living with dementia. It also helps with cures. It's the end of an era for the Vancouver Aquarium. After 25 years at the top, President and CEO John Nightingale is stepping down. His quarter of a century at the organization marked many successes, including the creation of the Oceanwise Sustainable Seafood Program. But it wasn't without controversy either. Linda Aylesworth looks back on his career and what lies ahead for the aquarium. Since 1993, Dr. John Nightingale has led the Vancouver Aquarium as its CEO and president. These are walrus tusks uh, from Nunavut. Working here for 25 years has been the most amazing series of adventures. He came here from the U.S., drawn by the aquarium's reputation for integrating science and education. I'd never worked in any one place for more than four years. I think I kind of thought, ah, five years, we'll go to Vancouver. But he fell in love with BC, the job, the people, and his wife. One of his first accomplishments, the creation of the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup. So this year's the 25th year of this program that's now nationwide and engages tens of thousands of Canadians every year. He also created the Oceanwise Seafood Program, which helps consumers make sustainable choices. It's since been adopted globally. The aquarium has always been about so much more than the animals on display. The role of an aquarium is as the center point for engaging people, helping them along that pathway of awareness, curiosity, learning and action. Since he took the job, attendance has grown to over a million visitors a year. There are scientific programs which study marine life, climate change and the issues of marine plastic have quadrupled. But in recent years, much of their work has been overshadowed by the long and stormy relationship with the Vancouver Park Board. City Hall put the aquarium in Stanley Park over the objection of the Park Board of the day, way back in the early 1950s. And it's been that way ever since. As a result, Nightingale made the decision last year to end the display of whales, dolphins and porpoises. And now he has made another decision. He is retiring as CEO, not because of the battles, but because he wants to focus his efforts on the global issue of marine plastics without being bogged down by administrative duties. I'm going to have more time to do the fun stuff. So that's always exciting. And still save the world. Well, exactly. That's, that's the fun stuff I'm talking about. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. We know spring is here when bears and their cubs hit ski slopes in search of food. Jamie Stein tweeting this today after a run in Whistler. He had to make the right call in that very moment. There was no other way than down, so he swooshes past the bears, and within milliseconds, Mama Bear gives chase. Jamie did get out okay. He tweeted the picture this afternoon. Thanks so much for that. That Ooh. is pretty incredible. I would freak out in a Close call. Yeah. 
You don't want to ski as fast as you could down that mountain. Yeah, there's, well, there's no other way. You can't get anywhere else. Um, it was a beautiful day, and it still looks pretty spectacular behind you right there. Now. Standing out there, we had plenty of sunshine, especially along the south coast, interior sections as well. We will see a bit more cloud cover throughout the overnight, and then breaks once again by the afternoon. Tomorrow, most areas across the south coast, it's just a slight chance to see an isolated shower overnight and for our Monday morning. We're still sitting at around 18 degrees for the airport. Northwesterly winds light at 11 kilometers per hour. 19 was the high today. That's if you were closer to the water. Inland sections with highs of 25 and 26 degrees and a record of 16 degrees was set back, or or an average of 16 and a record of 22 degrees was set back in 2013. 24 is the high today for Kamloops, Revelstoke up to 25. Trail climbing up to 28 degrees. Warm for the northeastern corners with a piece at 22. Campbell River today at 21 degrees and Victoria stunning at 21. Still seeing highs into the mid uh, low 20s for most areas. Coquitlam even seeing a current temperature of 26 degrees. 26 for Langley. Pitt Meadows sitting at 25. Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Hope and Agassiz all at 25 degrees. Current temperature for Port Alberni at 25. And Nanaimo with your current temperature at 23. Interior sections for Kamloops at 23. And your current temperature for Bella Coola at 25 degrees. We do have some instability though this evening for the northern and Central sections of the island. We're even looking at the risk of a thunderstorm. A few isolated showers right now. Areas near Comox and similar for the interior sections, especially for the southern portions of the Okanagan. The closer you are to the border, risk of a thunderstorm will continue. We'll see it once again for tomorrow. Similar for the Kootenays and southeastern corners of the province. In behind it, though, we've got a bit of a break for the south coast. We will see a clearing. It'll be for the afternoon. And then the next weather maker on the future cast will be for our Tuesday. It'll likely be late afternoon and leading in towards the evening hours. Most areas for the peace tomorrow with a chance of showers for the northeastern corners and then sunshine making a return on your Tuesday. White horse underneath a mainly cloudy sky breaks Tuesday, Wednesday with temperatures right around your average. Coastal sections for the northern half of the province up to 13 degrees, dry and sunny. Caribou and central interior will see the risk of a thunderstorm. It's unsettled right in towards the Columbia Kootenai, 25 with a chance of showers and the risk of thunderstorms, and then a break will be on your Tuesday. Similar for the Thompson Okanagan, temperatures still climbing up to 23 and 25 degrees the day after. Whistler will be at 20, seeing more cloud cover, a slight chance for an isolated shower. Across the island, we are going to see cloud cover, chance of showers, northern and central sections still seeing that risk of a thunderstorm. And Metro Vancouver, we're down to 13 overnight, 18 as the high. Inland tomorrow, 22 degrees, we'll see some breaks. It'll be Tuesday that we'll have a nice dry start to the morning and then a chance of showers and rain developing by the evening, taking us in towards your Wednesday. But some nice breaks for a Monday, Tuesday. Sonia? Lovely. Thank you very much for that. Um, Thousands of runners on the streets of Vancouver this morning taking part in the BMO Marathon. (coughs) 17,000 runners from 60 countries all aiming to make it to the finish line. The full marathon was 42 kilometres long through some... Some of the more scenic parts of Vancouver and the sun was definitely out. I was done at about 35k, but I was winning, so I really had no choice. <laughs> I had to keep going. She's very proud and she's very, very happy and excited to be the first Chinese women athlete to win Vancouver Marathon. <laughs> 
marathon finish for Connor Hasegawad, the White Rock student, popping the big question to his girlfriend Chantel Adamson at the end of the race. She ran her first ever half marathon and he did the full. The happy couple uh, now plans to move to Australia for the next two and a half years so Chantel can study at the University of Queensland. She said yes. All right. Yeah. It's awesome. Best day of my life. Very surprised. I was very surprised. I had a lot of help from family getting this organized and put together. All right. Time to get your sports fix in. Mm -hmm. And um, to, yeah. I'm just the drug to get your sports fix in. That's nice. Yeah. You're on, the, on your T-shirt. always love to do the segue uh, and work up. And, and it works. Me. And it did yeah. this time. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Boston Bruins had to win today in Tampa to extend their season. The uh, Lightning, despite being victimized by Brad Marchand's kissing and licking of their players, have held the high-flying Bruins in check. Boston, with just six goals in their last three games after scoring six in the opener, which has been their only win of the series. Patrice Bergeron, part of that Bruin top line with Marchand and David Pasternak, really the only Bruins producing, and they do it again here on the power play as Bergeron got an assist on the uh, slap shot goal by David Krejci. So one nothing Bruins after one. But in the second, Tampa forces the turnover, and it's Braden Point who has been on point all season and certainly in this series for Tampa. Great speed, does it all, ties it at one. And then later on a power play, Nikita Kucherov and J.T. Miller. Perfect give and go. Miller going top shelf on Tuka Rask. 2-1 Lightning after two. Bruins, of course, need to tie it up. Big push in the third, chance for Pasternak. Vasilevsky with the save. And then it's Patrice Bergeron just as the power play is ending. He's in alone, maybe a little too tight there, but Vasilevsky standing his ground. Bruins without a five-on-five goal the last three games. Under two to go. Bruins with the net uh, empty, but off the faceoff. Anton Strahlman with the long empty netter in the middle. That seals the deal. Lightning win at 3-1. They take the series in five. Tampa's moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Meanwhile, in San Jose, the Las Vegas Golden Knights with a chance to book their ticket to the Western Conference Finals. Game six versus the Sharks. First period, San Jose carrying the play. Thomas Hurdle in alone, but hits the crossbar. Logan Couture, point blank, but fans on it. San Jose had all sorts of chances in the first period, but still scoreless. Another chance here. The point shot tipped in front by Timo Meyer, but what a pad saved by Marc-Andre Fleury. The rebound just shoveled wide. Then late first, Brent Burns Rister off the crossbar as well. Somehow stays out. No luck for the Sharks. Three great chances. They come up empty, scoreless after one. Second period, Knights get a chance and they cash in. Off the turnover, Jonathan Marcheseau scores past Martin Jones. one nothing Vegas. And that's got to make Sharks and Shark fans nervous. San Jose again coming right back. It's Thomas Hurdle again. He's been outstanding in the playoffs, but again, Flurry denies him. Flurry never playing better. Of course, he's got a few Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then a bizarre sequence. Nate Schmidt's point shot hits iron. Not initially ruled a go, but you, you can see on the replay it hit the crossbar. Then the net cam, so it's a good goal. Two-nothing Knights early in the third. They're that close to the conference finals. Meanwhile, in Denmark at the World Hockey Championships, Curtis McElhinney got the start for Team Canada against North or South Korea, rather, in front of uh, very few people. A lot of empty seats there in Denmark. Tyson Jost scoring here from Jordan Everly. Two goals for Canada in the opening three minutes. 
They had six goals in the second. Matt Barzell weaving his magic on the power play to Ryan O'Reilly, who stuffs it under the bar. Barzell, a three-point night. Bo Horbat getting in on the scoring as well. Nice setup here for Jost, the former Penticton V's captain. Jost, three points as well. And uh, Connor McDavid finally got one. The all-important ninth goal for Canada. McDavid was flying like the rest of them. No contest. 10-0 South Korea. So Canada now with uh, one win and one shootout loss. They take on the host from Denmark tomorrow. NBA today, Game 4, Golden State and New Orleans. Home teams have won the first three, but the Warriors put a halt to that streak today. As they jumped on the Pelicans early, Draymond Green's three-pointer made it 20-6, to Golden State, and they never looked back. Warriors pull away in the third. Kevin Durant off the Andre Iguodala steal. Durant went for a game-high 38. More from Durant. Just saunters up and knocks down the long three. Golden State led by 21 after three. Steph Curry starting to find his rhythm after returning from a month layoff with a knee injury. Finishes the fast break. He had 23 Golden State routes New Orleans 118-92. They now lead the series 3-1, and they can wrap it up Tuesday night in Oakland. In the other West Series, Houston Rockets with a 2-1 lead over the Jazz. Game 4 in Salt Lake City. It's a tough place to play, although the Rockets did win Game 3 on this court the other night. And another fast start, James Harden, 14 points in the first quarter as Houston jumped out. But the Jazz staying close. Their outstanding rookie Donovan Mitchell with the drive and foul. He had 15 at the half, but Houston has stretched it out again, 74-57 in the third. Welcome back. The Blue Jays will have their work cut out for them to make the playoffs in the American League this season. The Red Sox and Yankees will be hard to catch in the American League East, so Toronto will likely need to get in as a wild card, but the likes of the Mariners and Angels will also be in the mix. The Jays had lost three straight entering the finale of their three-game set in Tampa this afternoon. Always seem to have trouble winning at that park. There's no atmosphere there. Marco Estrada starting today for the Jays. Fourth inning scoreless, and Estrada getting some defensive help as the Jays turn the 5-4-3 double play to get out of the inning. In the fifth, Jays are going to get on the board. Aledmus Diaz with the chopper to the right side. Close play at first, but Diaz beats it out. The run scores, but on the play, Diaz rolls his ankle as he steps hard, but just gets a corner of the base, and you can see his ankle hit hard, and he was forced to leave the game. He could be out a while. Now tied 1-1 in the ninth. Alex Colomb in for the Rays. That's a wild pitch. Kevin Pillar races home. Jays avoid the sweep. Win over the Rays 2-1. Their record now 19-16. They begin a home series versus the Mariners on Tuesday. James Paxton will start that game for Seattle. Premier League today, nothing left for Manchester City to do but celebrate, hosting Huddersfield, who are facing relegation. Visitors uh, fighting for their Premier League lives almost spoiled the party. A couple of good chances here, but some fine goalkeeping. It ended in a scoreless draw, but in the end, this is what the fans came to see. Vincent Company raising the biggest prize in English football. Third time he has done that as captain over the last seven seasons. Champions still needing two points, one win, and two goals to set Premier League milestones in a season. They've got two more matches left, and uh, that Premier League season concludes for all teams a week from today. Chelsea trying to salvage a Champions League berth by finishing in the top four. Crucial matchup against Liverpool, who've gone all uh, in on winning the Champions League after qualifying for the final for the first time in 11 years. And the only goal of the match goes to Chelsea. Olivier Giroud with the header. Chelsea's won five straight. They're now just three points back of Liverpool and two of Tottenham with a couple of matches to go. So it's not over quite yet. 
And uh, we'll see how that one comes to an end next Sunday. Final round of the Wells Fargo Championship from the famed Quail Hollow course in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's been a good test for the players and for Tiger Woods, who maybe has hit a bit of a wall in his comeback. It looked like he was headed back to old times, but uh, Tiger finishing tied for 55th at plus two. Only the 13th time in his career today, or the 11th time ever in his PGA career, that he did not make a birdie in his round. And that's what happened today. Ozzie Jason Day had a two-shot lead when the day began. It was down to just one, playing the par 317th, but... How's that from 231 yards? Hits the pin, almost an ace. A fantastic tee shot. Made that for birdie. And then on 18, he will sink the par putt for the two-shot victory. Jason Day's second win of the season. Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin finished tied for 16th after a 1-over-72 today. Adam did pocket $115,000. Enough money to buy uh, nachos afterwards in the clubhouse <laughs> uh, for his playing partners, I believe. So. Yeah, quite a few rounds <laughs> of sure, that. Sure, yeah, well. they could stay there forever. A major win for Global BC. Oh Six Edward Armour Awards. Our entire team is in communities. This is the exodus. An amazing rescue story. Ambushed by a sniper. Global News. We are BC's News. Nardwar. Do do loot do. Do do. The interviewer. He is really doing research. Though. That's amazing. Shock and awe. I love doing interviews with you. A true entertainer. I love Snoop Doggy Dog. Monday on Global News Hour at six. Snoop. <laughs> All right. Finally tonight, how some dogs in Abbotsford are dreaming of fame and fortune. No, you get down. Yeah, some of them were quite eager as they lined up for the K9 co-stars talent search. Animal trainer Bonnie Judd looking for a few top dogs who are under 15 pounds and ready for the cameras. Judd has given lots of different animals their big break, including monkeys and turtles. She's always looking for new talent. These dog owners all think their pet has what it takes. He's very energetic and he like smiles when he's growling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you can go from smiling to growling. Smile. See it. Let's see it. <laughs> Abby is a 10-year-old Pomeranian and she's she's so excited to be here today. Oh, it must be so hard to train them. If your dog is too big for today's casting <laughs> call, uh, don't worry. On May 20th, there's going to be another event in Abbotsford. And that apparently is for medium-sized and larger dogs, right? So that's good. I think this is how the Taco Bell dog got to uh, oh, start an open, open casting call. Right, the dogs yeah. are like kids. They never, they never do it when... You know, you ask them at home, yeah. they're fine. Mm -hmm. And then in front of the cameras, yeah, nothing. You yeah. need a little bit of luck. Well, yes, you do. Just a little bit of luck. Hope they're in the mood. Yeah. Uh, a quick word on weather as well before we go. More cloud cover for the morning, some breaks as we get into the afternoon, but things are going to warm up and temperatures will still stay mild. All right. Thanks very much for watching. Good night. Good night.